Um, I'm pleased to be here, but first of all I want to uh, say what the Chairman's already said. We're very pleased to see you here. Those of you that have come along today, some of you have come a long way, some of you not so far. But we found, although we only came about 30 miles, that um, the traffic around Parliament Square was so bad we wondered whether we were going to get here in time. But we were here just about in time. But I'm sorry that the meeting was a little late in starting, really because we weren't as here as early as we intended to be. But we do welcome you all and trust you'll be encouraged. It's a very, very special meeting. A hundred years is a long time. And God has maintained this testimony for a hundred years. That was just before the First World War finished. Then I did also want to extend a thanks to the church here for allowing us the use of their premises. We are grateful to them. This is quite central, we felt, and I trust you have not found it too difficult to get here in spite of the traffic. And I also want to give a word of thanks to our brother, Mr. Douglas, who's come along to preach to us. Mr. Douglas has been associated with the Sovereign Grace Advent Testament for a long time. A long time. And really, amongst our speakers, who now come to the meeting, and outside our own family, it's only really Mr. Douglas and Mr. Foster that knew Mr. Fromo. But Mr. Douglas certainly did know Mr. Fromer and had some precious times with him when he was a younger man. But Mr. Fromer has been gone for 45 years nearly and um, we've all got a lot older since then. Our chairman has mentioned the meetings at Newton Abbey and I would like you, if you will, to try and listen to things that went on there the question time, Mr McMillan has mentioned, but we also had an evening service where Mr Foster did preach, and it's really worth listening to. Mr Fleming here kindly puts sermons on our website, which is easy to find. I'm not very clever, but even I can find it. It's um, www.sgat.org, something like that. It's on the front of every magazine anyway. And uh, if you can find it... I would exhort you to listen to what Mr. Fram, Mr. Foster had to say. It, it, was a, it was a good message. We felt it was preached in the power of the Spirit. I know it's not the same listening to it as a recording as being actually in the meeting, but do listen to that if you can. Then I ought to mention today that there have been a host of people that have sent apologies that cannot come to this meeting. Um, I'm not going to bore you with a list of names, obviously, but I ought to mention Mr Foster and Mr Shaw, who are both trustees of the testimony. <coughs> I had an email from both of them this morning uh, saying their regrets that they couldn't come. They would have loved to have been here. But there are many others, not only in the United Kingdom, but in different parts of the world, people have written to me and said they would like to have come to this meeting, but they're not able to come today. Well now, um, the Sovereign Grace Advent Testimony... You know, there was a time when there was a Mr. Parks preaching on prophecy. He was a London City missionary. He was preaching in West London on prophecy, but he wasn't a very well man. Well, I don't know whether Mrs. Souton is here. No, but she told me that um, he was a relative of hers. But he wasn't a very well man. He had to give up the meetings. And people were very disappointed. People had gathered to hear these talks these scriptural um, messages and they were disappointed that he couldn't carry on 
And then there were other people, and you may have read this in the January Watching and Waiting, there were other people who were dissatisfied with some of the things they were supporting. They felt they weren't very scriptural. And they wanted something scriptural to support. And there was an Advent Testimony Preparation Movement which taught prophecy, but they believed in a pre-tribulation secret rapture. Um, these men who started Advent Testimony couldn't find that anywhere in the Bible. And so they got together for prayer. Now you held prayer meetings in a house in Ealing and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And it so happened that after a few weeks they thought they ought to do something about it. So at one of these prayer meetings they decided that they would seek God's leading as to what they should do. And they felt the Lord did lead them to start the Sovereign Grace Advent Testimony. Now there were five men in that prayer meeting in this house in Ealing. And they all covenanted together to stand for what the scripture taught about the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Five men. And they made a resolution that night that they would arrange meetings and conferences for the, uh, for the proclamation of prophetic truth. Prophecy is a large part of the Bible. And so many people don't know anything about prophecy. And they don't worry about, they don't seem to think that God has given it in the Bible for a reason. I, I find it absolutely, well I, perhaps I can't say the word I want to say, but it's a, it's, a great, it's a great shame that there's so much in the Bible about what will happen in the last days and after the Lord's coming, and the people ignore it, or say it means something else other than what it does say. But anyway, these men started to, the work and they had their little meetings, and Pimlico, but that couldn't carry on for long. That was closed, that appalled, but they went to Notting Hill Gate. Well, I hope you read it all. It's, it's all in this January issue of Watching and Waiting. And if you haven't had a copy, please take one, because there are some copies on the table at the back. It's well worth reading the history of the, of the Tommy Grace Advent Testimony. Uh, but that's how it all started. Now, amongst those five men, there were three of them that I can't ever remember meeting. I may have met them because I used to come to the meetings. My father often used to bring me, not regularly, but often used to bring me when I was a boy. But I suppose being a boy I wouldn't get to know people very well. But I do very, very well remember Mr John Huntlin who was elected to be chairman at that time. He was in fact my father and mother's pastor. So that I was kind of born into the church. I wasn't a church member of course, but I was born to go to the church born in the area where we went to his church where he preached and he was a great Hebrew and Greek scholar and, and he preached the word of God faithfully and my father was much blessed under his ministry in fact my father used to say Mr Lynn used to say he would tell us things that Mr Lynn used to say and my father did write when Mr Lynn died and said that outside of our own family he feels he loved Mr Lynn more than anybody else he was a great man I remember him he died when I was ten I remember him as just a lovely gentleman and a good preacher, a good pastor. That's all I can really remember of him, apart, well I do remember his last days in a way. But there we are. Mr Fromo was another of those, and Mr Fromo is the man who really has been carrying on the work of the SGAT and did so for over 55 years. He was elected secretary at that first meeting, uh, and he acted diligently in secretary, and under his secretaryship, the movement grew and spread all over the world. 
People were supporting it from all kinds of countries. I feel since I've taken over it's diminished. People have died and new ones aren't coming in. But there we are, that was Mr Fromo. And I knew Mr Fromo quite well. I loved Mr Fromo very much, and I suppose I would say, using my father's sentences, outside our own family I probably feel I love Mr Fromo more than anybody else. He, he was a great man. He was a true... Mr Foster, when he was speaking at Newton Abbey, referred to him as a great English gentleman. Listen to that sermon, if you will, and see what Mr. Fromo, what Mr. Foster said. But Mr. Fromo was, was a lovely man, and I'm very, very thankful. He was a great help to me in my youth. Uh, I came to love the Sovereign Grace Adventist, and then I came to love Mr. Fromo, because with Mr. Fromo and Mr. Payne, who I also knew well, who became one of the trustees shortly afterwards, um, when the manifesto was drawn up in 1919, Mr. Payne was one of the conveners, there were a lot added to that first five. Mr. Fromer and Mr. Payne, uh, they were both a great help to me, but I, I, it so appealed to me the way they always thought, what does the Bible say about? What does the Bible say? God means what he says. Let's believe what the Bible says. And, and that was their approach to Scripture all the time, not trying to answer it away. There's many people, if they don't understand the thing, they say, well, it must mean something else. It must mean this and it must mean that. And sadly, lots of preachers do that. But Mr. Fromer and Mr. Payne were men who I knew who, who stuck to the Word of God and believed what it said. Well, of course, the testimony did grow, so we're very, very thankful for that. But do read the history in this magazine. I would like to say that uh, the committee have agreed to put some of these magazines for the centenary year together, just bind them together, paper-bound, not, not hard-bound, but paper-bound as a centenary memento and if you would like one of those I don't think we should charge for them um, we just have to pay something for them of course but we don't worry about money um, if you would like one let me know and I'll make sure that you get one and that will include all these other magazines of the year and we trust it will include um, the next two magazines in the January magazine um, I've put in some early writings of Mr Fromo things that he wrote in those first years of the testimony. And in the April magazine, I would like to put in um, some of the things that were in the April 1919 magazine. The April 1919 magazine was the first magazine of Watching and Waiting. Um, they started the testimony in November 1918, but at that time there was a magazine being sent out called Light for Perilous Times very good magazine it was and uh, that carried on for a little while and then they decided that they would do one officially from the Sovereign Grace Advent Testimony and call it Watching and Waiting. So that came out in April 1919 and I hope in the April magazine next year to put in excerpts from that magazine and we'll put all these together and we hope to put in um, Mr Foster's sermon at Newton Abbey and we hope to put in Mr Douglas's sermon here this afternoon as well. That's all if the Lord will, but put them together, bind them together, a nice little souvenir of the Sovereign Grace Advent Testimony Centenary. As I say, if you'd like one of those, let me know. Put your name on a piece of paper and just say Centenary and I'll know what to do. I'll send you one. Um, Mr Douglas has said I'll talk a little bit about my experience, but I have put a little card call in this October magazine uh, about my own experience. How I was only 10 years of age 
when I went to a meeting, my father took us, the family to a meeting at Thaden Boys, and uh, Mr. Fromo was speaking, showing slides actually, and it was at that meeting that I had a great interest of prophecy aroused in my heart. And even as a boy, I'm not saying it was the right thing to do, but even as a boy I used to sit reading in chapel Daniel 2, Daniel 7 and Daniel 8. Daniel 2, Daniel 7, Daniel 8. I used to just love those chapters. I was only a boy, of course. Uh, perhaps I should have known better, but I did get an interest. And, and in God's good providence, I've never lost that interest. I've never lost that interest all through the years. So I'm very, very thankful for that. And... Uh, I do believe that prophetic truth is so important, so important. It is so sad that ministers ignore it. But sadly, they do. We have to say that. A lot of them do. But um, I'm thankful for what I learned, and particularly from Mr. Fromo and perhaps Mr. Payne, well, and many, many others. In this October magazine, I've put some of the men that um, used to speak. Mr. Kirk lived to 104 and um, his mind was still intact at 104. In fact, all these SGAT men, they've, a lot of them have grown to an old age. Somebody wrote to me, um, Roger Carswell, you might have heard of him, an evangelist up in the north. He wrote to me and he said, it seems to me that if you belong to SGAT, you live to an old age. <laughs> so uh, I wrote back and I said, well, many of them have, but not all of them have, of course. But many of them have, but their minds were intact. Right to the end. That's a marvellous thing. God didn't take away their, their mind. And I've been hoping that God will never take away my mind. Well, of course, I am quite old now anyway. But some of these men in here were great men and they've been a great help to me. But there's a lot of others that I could have put. When we were at Newton Abbey, Mr Foster referred to Mr Newmark. And there's nothing about Mr Newmark in here. But Mr Newmark was a Jew. And when he used to come and speak to them at the meetings, the crowds of them used to come in, fill up that little alliance hall where we held our meetings. Uh, and Mr. Newmark would often just read the scripture and then just look up, and his gleaming eyes, a little twinkle in his eye, he would make some cryptic remark, and it went home like anything. You know, he said, when I was, I remember him saying, when I was at school, they used to laugh at me because I was a Jew. But I couldn't help being a Jew. <laughs> he was a Jew. And then he said, but the only person who could choose what he wanted to be, chose to be a Jew. <laughs> that was the kind of thing that Mr. Newmark said. He was full of remarks like that all the time. And, and it, was, it was good. But there are lots of others that we could talk to about. So there's a lot that's missing in these magazines, but there are, is some information there which I would like you to read and think about and, and pray that God will give you an interest if you haven't got it already an interest in these things, particularly in these days when things are happening before our very eyes. There we are. Um, you might like to look at the literature. Our chairman has written a little booklet on God's purpose for the British Isles. And if you haven't read that, you ought to take it. It's only 40 pence. You can have it for 50 today. No, you can have it for 30 today. Um, take it if you will. But others, there's others in that series... Mr. McClung, who led in prayer just now, there's an excellent article he did on Libya. And God's purposes for what the Bible says about these nations. And when God talks about these nations, he means it. And he wants us to understand. 
You know, God says about Egypt in Isaiah 19, let it be known. Let God's purpose be known for Egypt. And he wants his purpose for the nations to be known. What is going to happen in Libya and Lebanon and Syria and so on? Well, read those little booklets and there'll be a help. Um, better to read the Bible, of course, but the booklets will be a help to you. So do read them, by all means. But do have a look at the literature. Some of it, of course, is priced. The magazines may be free. But I believe my son will be at there so he can help you and guide you what money to hand over. And there are some bound volumes of Watching and Waiting. There's some excellent books by Mr. Newton. and Well, everything's there nearly. What I can say is on that table, I agree with everything that's written. <laughs> Lots of booksellers have all kinds of books. And the books contradict each other. If you go into a bookshop, Christian bookshop, there's one book that says one thing, one book says another thing. But all those books agree. And uh, they're all... I believe, faithful expositions. So please do take them. I haven't brought a hymn book with me up into the pulpit, but you've all got a hymn book today. And um, we don't want to get rid of them. They're precious to us. But if anybody here, or if you all for that matter, would like to take a hymn book after the meeting, the hymn book you've got, take it home and have it for your own, you're very welcome to it. There are some, some hymns in that book which uh, you will know very well. But there are some hymns in that book that you will have great difficulty in finding in any other book in current use today. And um, there's some lovely hymns in the book. So if you would like to take a hymn book after the meeting, please take it home. But don't just take it if you don't want it. Take it if you do want it, if you use it. My brother Alan said to me years ago, it's a good thing to read a hymn every day. I don't know if you know the hymn we just sung, we do know it because it's in our hymn book about the Bible, but we sang a hymn last night at our meeting, Earth's governments are sore perplexed, the crisis is at hand, number 38, you can read it through for yourself. No one thinks about bringing back the king, it's a lovely hymn. You tell me what hymn book you find that in. Well there you are, you can have the hymn book if you want it, but don't take it if you don't want it. There was another thing I was going to say, we have got some pens just to mark the 100th year of the Sovereign Grace Advent Testimony. And they should be somewhere at the back there. We're giving them away today. So while stocks last, I don't know whether we have enough for all of you. The new Nabby people had their share. Um, but uh, if the while stocks last, if you would like a Sovereign Grace Advent Testimony centenary pen, something to remember us by when you get home and start writing letters, you might even start writing out checks from the SGAT, who knows? <laughs> You don't know, do you, what you might use them for, but use them for good ends anyway. Um, I wonder what else I wanted to say, something I wanted to say. Anyway, I will say this, that um, if you would like watching and waiting, if you don't already have it, please give me a slip of paper with your name and address on it, and just put W&W and, w and I'll add you to our mailing list. I would like you to have it. Then the other thing I would wanted to say was really that um, there should be some boxes on the table at the back. If you would like to give towards the work, you're very welcome to do so. The Lord's work can only carry on as the Lord's people support it. The Lord has been good to us so we don't beg for money. We don't ask for money. We don't usually have collections at our meetings. But um, if you'd like to give, to the furtherance of the cause of spreading the truth of God's word, here's your opportunity today.
And the other thing was I really wanted to say was we do have meetings every month in Kilburn, New Life Bible Presbyterian Church, and uh, very often the seats aren't filled. And there is a seat there which you could take. And if you would like to come along, you'll always find details in the watching and waiting in the October magazine. The whole of the the whole of the um, <coughs> program for 219 is given there. We're going to study study through Hebrews, and um, I would like to see you if you can come. They're very good to us at Kilburn, allowing us to use their premises. So come along if you can, and may the Lord bless you. Well, I do wish you every blessing.